about her more than Hallie. Yeah, we do. Like, like a motherfucker cheat on Hallie today, we don't really give a shit. Mm. On top of the fact that Hallie dates white dudes. So Hallie is with white dudes and like, 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 so dude cheat on Hallie is like, all right, whatever, cool, whatever. That's, that's, your, that's your business. Stop, stop, stop dating white guys. Because I that's remember she was, dating that, yeah, she was dating that dude from Italy and then the other dude that she was dating was that some model and then they got into a fight. Right. And everybody was like, ah, oh, well, you know, shit happens. She'd be dating crazy dudes. Exactly. exactly. Neil Long, we was like Neil Long was like, "Yo, she's a sister. She's dating a black guy. How, how could, could you do this to her? Yeah. She's the best." So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you can't cheat on her. I was trying to get. I was trying yeah. to come up with the list, right? Yeah. So, to me, it's it's Neil Long. Oh, there's a top five. No, it's like these are the black women that you can't cheat on mm. in America. That you can't, you cannot fuck around on. Well, on black Twitter will get your ass. Well, I came just in time. Beyonce will get your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyonce will get your ass. I came just in time with people this. Are, people, are still mad at Jay. people are still mad at Jay-Z over that shit. For Lemonade, because she made the whole song about it. Like, she just put him on the album. Blast. That was the album. Yeah. But I, I'm, yeah. so in my mind, I got, I got, I got Nia Long, right? Okay. I got, um, I got Viola Davis. Cannot you know about, if, if, yeah. if Courtney B. Vance, oh, is it Courtney B. Vance? I can't remember. Nah, Whoever no. she's with. If her man cheats on her, and the, Viola Davis is like queen, Queen level, you know, actress like we, we put her on a straight up pedestal. Yeah. Um, who's who's the one from um, shit? Who is the one from? Oh gosh, hmm. from scary movie. The one that been in, the one that was in all scary movies. Regina King. Regina King, Regina Hall. So those are my four. Like mm -hmm. Regina Hall, you know, Regina Hall is the, Regina Hall is the one that's yeah. in. Yeah, she's the voice of Huey stuff. from the Boondocks. Yes. Okay. No, Regina King is the voice of Huey from Woondock. You you you're mixing it. Oh, Regina up. King and Regina Hall. You're right. Yes, Regina King and Regina Hall. You can't because yeah. Regina Regina Hall is Candy from Best Man. Yes. Yes, the mm -hmm. dancer. Mm -hmm. We know. Okay. And so, scary movie. One, two, and three. scary movie. All of that stuff, right? So mm -hmm. those are my four. I'm trying to come up with a fifth one that you just can't mm -hmm. mess around on because we mm -hmm. didn't get that upset when Megan Good got when Megan Good got divorced. From the pastor? Well, that's because she divorced the pastor. So we were like, I don't know. We're gonna have to, but didn't we're he cheat on this... I have no idea. We're going to have to call this a draw. Uh, I didn't see that on church Twitter. <laughs> I believe... I, no, I believe they no called... church Twitter. I believe they called... Yes, there is. You have no idea. I, I believe they called church that... Twitter? I believe they called I'm that I'm sure there is. Yeah, there is. I'm sure there is. Listen, if you follow Kevin on stage and you follow a couple of pastors, you follow TD Jakes, it will suggest other accounts. And next thing you know, you're in a whole separate... You're you're in you're in Black Jesus Twitter. Oh, wow, holy there's, world! There's, a, there's an evangelical Twitter. There's a Black Church Twitter, and I guarantee you, there's probably like different languages and everything. Like it's international. I I got my fifth one. Hmm. Sanaa Lathan. That's your five. Yeah, you yeah, cannot cheat on any one of those five women. If you are yeah. a black man in this society and you are dating any one of those five women and you cheat on her, mm. Black Twitter is coming for your ass. They are coming hard for you. And yeah, you're, gonna be, you're gonna be trending for a couple of days <laughs> and not in a good way. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. The internet ranks people on who they hate the most, and right now he at the top. He is on it. Like yeah. <laughs> give him credit. I mean, like he he hey, you know, give it made the it made you don't get some credit. He won something. So yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> People joking on him hard online, talking about he took the two biggest L's in one year. You can't lose the title and Neil Long the same. And Neil Long, you can't do that, homie. Wow, I heard that so that. many times. Yeah, you can't do that. It's Our call in line is eight six seven five three zero nine extension seventeen thirty eight. If you want to reach us, <laughs> this is the Uptown Parlay podcast. We got Ace <laughs> Ant and Malik. What's up? <laughs> what up? What up? What up, man? It's been a crazy week in sports and life, and it's yeah. just all dissected. It's come together. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And there's some football to talk about, so that's awesome, too. Yeah, that game actually was actually pretty good. As poorly as the quarterback play was, and everybody was like, oh, man, Mr. Bisky got to go. And I think, you know what? They didn't start him because the offensive line is still bad, and we are trying to get Kenny Pickett hurt. So <laughs> I don't think he plays until they start playing defenses that are worse than Cleveland. Yeah, you don't want to have Kenny Pickett yeah. against um, what's the name, Miles Garrett? Yeah. Miles Garrett's arm. You know, I'm a fat person. Miles Garrett's arm is the size of my waistline, <laughs> so you don't want Kenny Pickett against that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I checked. Uh, I checked the Steelers' schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, following, so following yesterday's game, right? Mm-hmm. They have the Jets coming up, right? Um, October second. But after the Jets, okay, they got the Bills, they got the Bucks, they have the Dolphins, the Eagles, then the Saints, and then the Bengals. He not start so, until the bang. He not start until they play the Saints. He might. I might not start him on the Saints because the Saints defense is actually pretty good. They can rush the passer. It's I not. Might come back I might start him against Cincinnati. But after Cincinnati, he's got the Colts. So I definitely think if they can hold out to the Colts, that's that's where I would hold them out to. If they're yeah, 500 by then, I think they're still trying to go for their 10 and 7 or 9 and 8. Yeah. Mike Tomlin ain't trying to lose his um no losing season streak after 14 years because of because it's Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky ain't gonna be the one to take him down. That's what you're saying. Yeah, he's not. He's he's not. He's, he's not taking, doing. He's, 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 he's taking down other regimes, so I don't see why Mitch Trubisky can't yeah. do it. The conqueror blues. The conqueror of teams to take him, take him down, make him lose. Mike Tomlin's like, no, not today, not this, not That's, this guy. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, I mean, not Lord of the Rings. Game of Thrones. Uh, Wait, what did Game you say? Game of Thrones name for Mitch Trubisky, the conqueror of the conqueror of rings. Like, what, what is it? The conqueror, the team conqueror. Yeah, the like team conqueror. <laughs> oh man, it is uh, the, <laughs> from the, the first of his name <laughs> from the Trubisky clan. <laughs> All right. Yes. Oh. I'd just like to point out two trends through the first two weeks that I noticed. Sixty-four percent of home uh, underdogs have covered. They are nine, five, and one against the spread, and sixty-six percent of the unders have hit through the first two weeks, including last night. So if y'all are just trying to look for easy money and you want to take an under, sixty-six percent of the time, you think it's going to be a low-scoring game like um, Chicago, or like the Jets did kind of disappoint everybody last week by going off. Scoring like sixty combined points. Um, but I bet actually, I bet the over. The over hit last night. The, the oh, the over hit last night because of the defensive touchdown. That's right. Defensive touchdown, right? Thirty-seven and a half was the over. Was the was the over under? That is what you would call a bad beat. They was going for it for a second, and then they just kind of ruined everybody's day with that one, I guess. Yeah, but well, ruined your day. Well, no, I didn't day. take it. I, I, like, I said the over. He didn't pick it at all, so he actually gets a loss for not picking it. But um, I picked. I picked. How's that work? I picked Cleveland. 
I pick Cle- <laughs> you don't get a zero. There's no zeros in this. I pick, no I pick Cleveland. I pick Cleveland. I didn't oh, you did. It's in my book. It's in my book. You got to know if it's not not official. You didn't if you didn't tweet it and you didn't tell it to us. It didn't get on the board. It's not real if there's no screenshots, y'all. Just remember. Nobody care about your raggedy book the next day. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Well. (laughs) On that note, we're gonna start with the first game, which is Buffalo at Miami. Um, I'm gonna go real quick. I'm taking the. I'm gonna take the over. I think it's gonna be a shootout. Um, Miami has too many receivers for anybody to cover, um, especially the Bills. And they have a really good offensive line. So this is going to test the Bills' will. And it is, I think it's going to be somewhere in like the high 80s, low 90s. And Buffalo's colder than it is right now in Massachusetts. And it's right now 50 degrees. So these dudes practice indoors. But I hope they're down there already and they've been practicing in that heat. Because Miami, third week of the season in September, it still could get up to like 90 down there. So I'm taking Miami. I'm going to take those six points and I'm going to take the over. The over-under is 53, which is wild high, in my opinion. I can't believe it's like not 49 or 51, but I'm taking the over on that one. Um, and go ahead. Yeah, this is the vision game. is very hard to actually pick whoever um, on this. I know everybody wants to pick Buffalo in this one. Um, you got Buffalo basically putting the league on notice. You got um, the Dolphins basically have Mike McDaniels, or some people has already started put him in the category of coach of the year after the last two games. But And you also had Steve, you also got um, Hill. You know, he used to be with KC. Now he's with um, the Dolphins. Still running the same routes. People was talking about that, you know, that two arm or whatever. But if you actually look at the games and stuff like that, he actually was running the same type of routes he was work- running with KC. The only difference is that Mahomes actually has a rocket arm, but two actually has a good, um, what's it, more accuracy. Him. He's hitting them. He's definitely hitting them. But, um, I'm gonna have to go with everybody else, of course. I'm gonna quite, even though the Ravens don't have no pass rush, and that's the reason why I believe that the Dolphins won last week. We was kind of talking about that in the chat. I don't know if you saw that with Toledo was talking with us. We gotta have him on this show one day, so kind of keep bringing his name up almost every week. But anyway, you keep shouting him out. I don't I, like. I have no interest in shouting him out. I don't want him on here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let me get my pick. And I'm just gonna say Bills in the under. I don't think they're gonna go. With, I think that the spread was what 50, 51 points, fifty three. 53? No, I don't think it's going to go that far. I'm going to go with Bills in the under, under in this one. Bills still going to win. They're going to smack around two on this one with that defensive line. All right. Go ahead, Malik. Um, I'm going to be the lone dog here. I'm going to take Miami, and I want I want the six points. I want Miami. Look, I want I want the the fact that they are the home no, I'm underdog. taking Miami. I said I'm taking Miami. Oh, I'm, you're I'm, taking I'm Miami. Take okay. six points in the over, yeah. Okay, so I, I'm taking A home Miami. Underdog? I'm taking it. I'm taking Miami as well, and I'm taking the over as well because I, I just feel like there's going to be <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of points able to be scored on both sides. Um, the main issue is uh, Buffalo's got tons of injuries, and I don't know who's actually going to play on the defensive side of the ball for them this week. Uh, Mike, we Micah Hyde didn't practice this week. Uh, Jordan Poyer didn't practice this week. That's their two safeties. That's their two probably their two you know. <clears throat> of their main cogs in that, in that defensive backfield. We already know Tredavious White isn't playing and the other gentleman that got hurt. Um, you know, thank God he's not, he wasn't hurt, you know, that badly. Um, <clears throat> but he's definitely not playing. Uh, I can't remember his name on top of my head when he got hurt on the. So they uh, don't have team. any of their regular starting secondary. So there's their entire secondary is beat up, you know, mm-hmm. they, uh, Hyde and, and, and Poyer have not been ruled out yet but they have not been practicing, which means, you know, they're obviously nursing something and they've showed up on the injury report. So, you know, that's going to be an interesting, interesting dynamic facing two of the fastest receivers in the NFL in terms of like just the fast duos. 
Um, and the fact that, you know, Tua can run. Tua can get out and he can run. He can make play. He can extend plays, make plays with his feet. Um, so I'm seeing a track meet, a bit of a track meet here. I'm seeing Miami being able to stay within the six points. Um, I don't know that they'll win the game, so I wouldn't pick I wouldn't pick this as a best bet, but I definitely think that they'll be able to keep it close enough. So I'm going to take Miami and the over as well. Oh, is um, Dane Jackson. Yes, Dane Jackson. That's right. Yes. With the concussion. Oh, I'm going to put this as my first lock of the week, though. Oh, Buffalo. Okay. You're in Buffalo. Okay. All right. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the New York Jets. New York Jets are getting five points at home, and the over-under is 45 and a half. I'm taking Cincinnati because the Jets aren't good in pass coverage. Um, Cincinnati is a pretty good running game. Their defense is good, and I don't think the Jets are going to be able to rally back against them. So I am taking Cincinnati. Go ahead, Ann. What? <laughs> Jets is not good at pass coverage? What the? You heard me. Yeah, maybe if we go, maybe if they go three or four wide, maybe, but not when not the first, not the starting two. That this is a three four wide team, yeah. But yeah, um, people forgot because Cincinnati went to the um Super Bowl last year and stuff like that. They forgot one of the teams they lost to last year, and that was the New York Jets, and that was the Mike White game where he actually scored four hundred and five yards with three touchdowns on that. Kind of forgot about that. This year, yeah. you know, this year the team's a little bit better this year, and actually Cincinnati got worse, especially around the offensive line. I'm taking the Jets in the over in this one. Even though the Jets might have got lucky last week and they shouldn't have won that game, I'm still taking the Jets in the over in this one. They were very lucky last week. That was an amazing yeah. comeback. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on my little jet high right now, so I'm just going to keep, keep the ball rolling. <laughs> All right, Malik, go ahead. Yeah, the thing that concerns me about the Jets a little bit is still that they, still that they, don't, they don't seem to have the ability to consistently control the, <clears throat> control the ball with the run, uh, with the running game. Um, that's the part that's most that I fear the most in terms of being able to get out of hand a little bit. If the Jets can generate a pass rush similar to what Pittsburgh was able to do with TJ Watt in week one or what Dallas was able to do against against them in against Cincinnati in week two, they've already shown, you know, <clears throat> Cincinnati's already already shown that the offensive line is not capable of uh, you know, uh holding down the fort and keeping Joe Burrow off the ground, which will put them in a bad situation. I have a feel like I I feel like Cincinnati's going to at the very at at this is the time when they actually need to run the football, control the clock, ball control it, and put Joe Burrow in situations where he does not get sacked. <laughs> he just needs to like not get sacked, not go on the ground. The Jets are still a team that's, you know, Anthony, you said it right. They probably shouldn't have won that game last week against against Cleveland. Um, and they no, no, shouldn't, they shouldn't win. And they shouldn't win this game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is the better team. Um, five and a half points is a lot to give on the road and that's the reason why i'm going to take the jets to cover but oh. i think that the I, I think i'm gonna take the five and a half i'm gonna jets to cover i think cincinnati wins the game but i think it's a close one. Oh, just to let y'all know before we move on to the next game quite folks at home might not see it but y'all actually can see my little background there watch out for that dude gary wilson who gary wilson <laughs> i'm messing with you yeah okay maybe he'll get maybe he'll burn eli apple who knows but i don't <laughs> Um, he's actually been playing much better this year so far. Next up, we got Las Vegas at Tennessee. Tennessee is a home underdog getting two and a half points. I am taking Tennessee. It is my first lock of the week. Um, I believe they're going to be able to get the run game going. There's nothing that I've seen from Las Vegas so far from them being 0-2 that does not lead me to believe that they'll be 0-3. Um, Tennessee has not won a game yet either, I don't believe. So I'm nope. kind of betting on the fact that this is, these are two totally defeated teams, and I think Tennessee is going to come out on top. I'm also taking the under on this one. I think Derrick Henry's finally going to get going. As um, even though Las Vegas has pass rushers, they just haven't been able to do much. 
And the best thing to stop a pass rush is a good running game. So if Derrick Henry can keep running the ball like that and they can figure out how to throw it a little bit more, hopefully Tannehill won't run for his life in this one. But I'm picking Tennessee. I think they should be able to cover it. And I'm locking this one in. Go ahead, Ant. Tennessee has no passing game. I don't believe in Tennessee anymore. I'm going with Vegas. I'm going with Vegas and uh, under in this one. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, Vegas didn't look good last week. Um, they didn't really look good in both uh, in both weeks um, against uh, against two opponents that you know they probably you know obviously they they need to look better against the Chargers to division division opponent. I was not surprised that they lost that game, um, but I was very shocked that they lost to Arizona last week. Um, and so this team is is reeling a little bit, and maybe they just needed to get away from Vegas, away from the West Coast, and and have a get right game against Tennessee. The biggest problem is where's Derrick Henry, man? Derrick Henry seems like he's I don't know if he's lost a step because of all the punishment that he's taken, or if it's just the blocking is not there for him, and you know, or Tennessee's just getting down a bunch of points and they're not. But they didn't feature him much in the Giant game either. You know, he didn't. It's not like he had a big game in the Giant game either. Um, I just don't know where Tennessee is as a, as a team, as an offense at this point. Uh, I hate to take, I hate to take home underdogs. I'm sorry. I, I love to take home, home underdogs. I hate the fact that they are home dog, but I'm going to take Vegas. I think Vegas comes in. Devontae Adams has a good game. Um, and they figure out how to, you know, <clears throat> how to make do and, and win this, win this game outright. Uh, so I'm going to take Vegas. I'm going to give the two and a half and I'm going to lock this in as my first best bet. All right. Got a lock fight there. Next up, we got New Orleans at Carolina. Carolina is getting three points at home, and the over-under is 40 and a half. I'm going to take the under on this. Um, both of the teams commit a lot of turnovers. New Orleans has the much better defense, but they are going on the roads of the playing outside on the grass field, so that should slow them down a little bit. Um, Christian McCaffrey has practiced all week. He's kind of tired of people asking whether or not he's healthy because of how many games he's missed. <laughs> and he knows it has to do with the betting and the fantasy football and stuff, so he's kind of tired of that. But I am taking Carolina here. I like them getting three points at home. I think they should be able to win this game outright, not alone cover. But I'm picking Carolina. I take a money line even. I think they're, I want to say, like, it's a small plus, but it's like plus 130, plus 140, somewhere around there. I saw in the books. Um, yeah, I, I believe that they're going to turn the ball over less. James Winston is going to take a lot of chances, and he's going to miss. They have a rookie, Chris Olave. Michael Thomas is healthy. But whenever you're playing outside, it does affect how you play as both played in a dome. So that's why I'm taking Carolina. And McCaffrey's healthy and DJ Moore's healthy. So let's go. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, I'm also taking Carolina. I'm taking Carolina in the under this one. Brian Burns is going to have a field day, him and the rest of the um, Carolina defense on Jameis Wilson. Um, I was looking at his numbers from his QBR last week. It was 55.8. It actually dropped from week one. And I wouldn't be surprised his defense would keep it up and keep him on the um, – same pattern that he's been going. So, like I said, I'm going to take Carolina and take them in the under. All right, Malik. Yeah, I'm taking New Orleans in the under. Um, the biggest the biggest concern with New Orleans, uh, with Jameis in particular, is the injury. Um, but he didn't look bad against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a good team. <clears throat> Obviously, probably the best team in the division, one of the best teams in the conference. And the Saints were able to, you know, hold, hold, hold court with them for pretty much the entire the entire <laughs> run until the fight that happened between, you know, Mike Evans and, and Marshawn Lattimore. And Marshawn, uh, Evans is suspended for a game, but Marshawn Lattimore, nobody else got suspended. Lattimore's Evans, was, Evans was the only one. Yeah, um, so, you know, New Orleans is, I think New Orleans' defense is, is better. Um, it's good. Tr- obviously, defense travels uh, in the NFL. 
Um, and so I think their defense is going to travel. And I think um, Jameis has a, has a bit of a bounce back game. I'm worried a little bit about his injury. He's just still dealing with the broken bones or something like that in his back. Um, and he's wearing the, the the plate that helps him to breathe better. He says everything. He basically said everything hurts. Like anything that he does, it hurts. Um, so my guess is he's getting some kind of a cortisone shot or something like that so that he can actually, you know, perform on Sundays. Um, but he's still going out there. Don't doesn't sound like they're gonna be benching him. Um, and if they do, then they've got Andy Dalton, and there's probably less chance of Dalton throwing throwing picks, throwing picks and you know, getting him get himself in trouble. So I'm gonna take New Orleans and I'm gonna give the three. Um just one quick note before we move on. Some of these lines have moved, and I want to make sure that you know the listeners, you know, hear us. Um, so, and then you guys, if you guys want to change your pick, um, I want to tell you guys the updated lines that some of which have moved. Okay. Buffalo, Miami have moved down to five and a half. Cincinnati uh, and the Jets, I believe, is at four and a half right now. Okay. Um, Vegas and Tennessee is still at two and a half, and and uh, New Orleans and Carolina moved to two and a half. So I'll update the the rest of the lines as we go. Still sticking with Carolina, but thank you. And Sorry, uh, Cincinnati and New York is up to six. Sorry, that's what that's what that is. Still taking Cincinnati. Okay, a touchdown is a touchdown. As long as they don't move it to seven and a half, I'm still I'm sticking there. Okay, I think they win that by a touchdown. I think T Higgins has to play better, and I think he will. If you have him in fantasy, put him in your line. Don't take that chance. I'm, Losing. Yeah, he's gonna get sauced. So don't worry about that. No, no, sauce <laughs> is gonna be on Jamar Chase, which is why T. Higgins is gonna get open. Oh, okay. Let's see what happens. That's kind of the theory. It's kind of like Miami. When you have three dudes who can all catch and all run, it's a problem. And that's how Cincinnati won last year. So if they want to win, they could better go back to that. Um, all right, we'll see. But moving on, Baltimore at New England. New England is either getting three, three and a half, or two and a half. I believe the over under is forty three and a half. I'm taking Baltimore. Um, New England's defense has not shown that they can do great. They won last week. They kind of shut that team down. They let Miami go off on them in Miami, and this is their second home game. So they should be good. But Baltimore has not run the ball well. New England has not been able to stop people from running the ball. Lamar Jackson has thrown, shown he can throw, he can pass from the pocket. So I'm betting on Lamar because Lamar's betting on himself. I think he's going to throw a lot of touchdown passes this year. I know Isaiah likely is questionable, but he's expected to play. Rashad Bateman is expected to play. I do not know who uh, uh, Devin DuVernay is just lighting it up as a rookie. He is fast as shit. So I'm betting on Baltimore. New England's passing game looks atrocious. And one of their best running backs got hurt. So they don't really have their full rotation of three guys. So I'm taking Baltimore and I'm going to take the under. Go ahead and move. Um. I'm genuinely interested in what in what in what this game is going to bring, mostly because of the fact that New England has a trash offense, but Baltimore's defense played so bad that New England might be able to score on this one. Like, I, like I just I just feel like New England, as bad as their offense is, they should be able to score against Baltimore because Baltimore's defense is like they can stop anybody at this point. Um, look, I'm taking Baltimore as well. I think uh, Baltimore is just overall the better team. Um, and New England has shown nothing to to make me believe that they're any better than the they're any better for for this you know situation. Um, obviously, you know uh, Baltimore is, is a bounce back game for them. They need to they're they're still relatively healthy on that side of the ball. I don't know if Dobbins is coming back. Uh, I believe he didn't play last week, so um, he may he may or may not be back. Um, but um, Andrews is still there. Duvernay is still there. Duvernay Duvernay's looking really good. Both as a kick returner. I mean, no, he was a kick returner. He was an all-pro kick returner last year. 
Um, but he's looking good as a kick returner and catching the ball. The receivers that they have, um, Bateman um, and DuVernay and other and, and some of the other guys, like they're all playing well, and Lamar Jackson is doing his thing. The only concern I have right now is Lamar Jackson has a little bit of an injury. Um, he showed up on the injury report. He's not been practicing. He didn't practice this week, so he might not be running his name anywhere near as much as he ran last week in the Miami game. But I think that they can still win because Lamar looks pretty good throwing the ball at this point. So I'm going to take Baltimore, and I'm going to take the under. All right, Anthony. Yeah, this this game comes down to coaching. There's two good coaches in this one, but um, I want to actually have to pick the um the Patriots on this one. It's kind of weird though, but I'm gonna have to pick them because usually it takes teams like maybe four or five weeks before the tape goes out and they start figuring things out. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots are gonna figure Baltimore out and they lack of pass rush, and they mm-hmm. quite they they quite can look also the Patriots can look at the Jets game and see how to contain. Lamar a little bit more in that running game as well because if you saw that game, they did contain them for a while. Patriots can, maybe can actually use that to their advantage because that's what Patriots usually do. They're very good at picking up other teams what they did good and use it in their arsenal. So I'm going to take the Patriots on this one take them in the under. All right. Next up, we have the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is giving six at home to Detroit and the over-under is 53 and a half. Go ahead, Malik. So I say take the take the over here. Um, I think that's the best bet um, for this for this game. Um, not because I have any fear about what the defenses the, the defenses are capable of doing. I think they cap- I think both defenses are going to be capable of getting a turnover here, um, at least one, if not two, turnovers from the opposing team, and maybe turning those turning those back into points. But both offenses are relatively are, are explosive. And capable of scoring scoring a big amount of points. Look, the main thing here is both of these teams played Philly in weeks one and two. Mm-hmm. Detroit scored 35 points against that Philadelphia Eagles defense. Minnesota scored seven. The surprise that it is surprising to me that this line is where it is, and that Minnesota is still being given so much credit and so much respect, despite them getting the brakes blown off of them um, mm-hmm. by the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. It's probably because of the fact that it's not a it's not a primetime game. So Kirk Cousins doesn't, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't turn into a pumpkin. Um, he'll play, he'll play perfectly fine. Justin Jefferson will have a <laughs> decent enough game. Um, and that's what that's what people are going off of. The other thing is Dalvin Cook hasn't done much of anything. I have him on a couple of fantasy teams, and he has been absolutely atrocious. Nobody's been talking about him, and I don't really yeah. know why, but nobody's talking about him. So I, I expect this to be a squeaky wheel game for Dalvin Cook. He is healthy. He's gonna get off. He's healthy, he's gonna get off. So that's why I'm hitting the hitting the over really really hard. If I could best bet just the over, I would. I'm going to take the six, and I'm going to take the Lions. They played very, um, they played really feisty bat, feisty football over the last you know couple of weeks. They stay in games. They they you know they keep they keep things as close as possible. They give themselves an opportunity to win. The other thing is this: these two, the, the two games that they played last year, both games. I think the final. I think the the margin of victory. With for both games was two points total. Wow! So this these these are two teams that that play each other well and play each other close, and it might probably kind of come down to a late game field goal, or a late game mistake by one of the teams. So I'm going to take Detroit and the over. All right, I am taking Minnesota. I know they're a home favorite and it's a big favorite because of six points. But if I believe Minnesota's going to win the game, then I believe they're going to win the game by a touchdown. Not because of their defense and not because of Detroit's defense, because there will be no defense play. I'm betting on the fact that they're going to get the ball last. 
No one's watching <laughs> this. It's going to be, I believe this is a one o'clock game somehow, yeah, even though Minnesota's in Central Time. So they're starting at noon. Um, this is an earlier kick for both of them. Because Detroit's on East Coast time, which most people don't realize. So they got to go an hour back, which they already are. They're already there. And it's a dome game, so that's fine. So all no weather you know, is going to impact it. Kirk Cousins is going to have his best game because nobody's watching. Nobody's watching <laughs> except the Detroit and Minnesota area. I don't know what it is, but watch him throw for like 380 yards. Justin Jefferson catches for 200. Amon Ross St. Brown catches for like a buck 50 and two TDs. And then Dalvin Cook has a good game. And then DeAndre Swift just doesn't. So I'm just betting on who's going to be great on offense. And that's what this is coming down to. Dean is playing. He's playing. Um, they should be better than Detroit in terms of offense. And that's basically what I'm picking. Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, I'm not just going to go um, what a, a famous coach once said. They are who, they thought, who we thought they were. And that's what I thought Minnesota was on um, on Monday. So I'm just going to stick to that logic. And we're going to take Detroit. And I'm going to take them in the under in this one. I think Detroit is actually a better team than Minnesota as of right now. And they're going to prove it. But as you said, in the game that nobody's going to watch and they're going to wish they watched it. So they're going to have to go back to the NFL replays or whatever just to watch that game. Anyway, I want to take Detroit in the under. I'll say Uh, this, Ace, before we jump off. If -hmm. Detroit wins this game, Mm -hmm. the tide of conversation around the Lions is going to change drastically. It's already changing a little bit um, with that one that they had against Washington. They won a game where they were 0-11. Yeah, and I mean, and they bludgeoned Washington. It's not like they, it's yeah. not like they, you know, they just kind of squeaked by with a game no. with a win. Like they beat the brakes off of those dudes for a half of football. Washington yeah. made, made a couple, made a little comeback, and then they they took it down. But if they beat Minnesota, like everybody thinks they're everybody already thinks they're better than Chicago, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, if they beat Minnesota, then literally with Green Bay not looking great. great. Yeah. People are going to be so talking about the Lions uh, potentially the winning playoffs. this division. And that's scary for me. That's very scary for me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> like, I want to. Because so you don't want Jared Goff as your quarterback next year? I, I, I don't. Well, that too. But I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't want. I don't know what this team is. What this team does. This team is. This team either builds off being the little engine that could. Or being just the feisty, you know, the feisty animal that's back into a corner that can't. That, that, you know, wins that wins because they're doubted when people Defense. start looking at them and, and, and giving them setting expectations yeah. on them. I want to see what they, what they're capable of doing. Your receivers Be afraid, are better than Malik. people expected. Let's put it like that. I believe yeah. in Amon Ross St. Brown. He went to USC. I follow college ball. And he's taking he was, receipts too. He, he was nice there. He's taking names. Um, you notice that right after games, yeah. he's taking, he's taking names. He, he, he was nice there. He was nice last year as a rookie. People overlooked him because he was in Detroit and it was losing, but he was putting up numbers in fantasy. And I was like, I'm draft that dude. And it's worked out pretty well so far. So I'm not saying they can't score. It's just like they still can't stop anybody from running on them, which is wild because no. they got Aiden Hutchinson. So I'm like, how do they not replace these defensive tackles? So well, it's it's the it's the linebackers. The linebackers the linebackers are not. Uh, and this they're is not, like, they're not they're not playing that well. If you told um, me the over under for this game was 50, I'd be like, I'm I think they'll hit 60. If it's not 30, <laughs> if it's if, it, if this game ends up being 42 to 35, I won't be shocked. Wouldn't shock me either. Wouldn't shock me either. Um, I'm in Ross St. Brown. Can tell you the 16 receivers that were drafted before him. Yeah, we saw now hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Even now, it's like he named them. I was like, oh wow, all right, it's crazy. I don't even know him out after pick. the last game. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the six the first sixteen picks in that draft. He could tell you the sixteen receivers that came before him before he got picked in the fourth round. 
Yeah, when y'all was, y'all was playing Washington last week, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he did. It. He called. He called out the receiver that was on the Washington. He's yeah. like, he's not even playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got yeah, drafted next, before. And next up, we have Philadelphia and Washington. Uh, the Eagles. <laughs> You're afraid, believers. The Commanders are getting six and a half points at home. And the over under is forty seven. I'm taking Philadelphia. Um, he, you know who Carson Carson Wentz is? The white Jameis Winston. Um, I don't know why they expect this guy not to throw picks. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he needs to get LASIK. He has such amazing throws, and then he has such terrible throws. But they got a pretty good running game. The defense has a little bit of a pass rush for Montez Sweat. They won a game through Guile or Luck or whatever it was, and I see why he's their starter this year. I'm assuming they'll draft somebody next year or the year after, but whatever it is, they're not winning this game. Philadelphia is going to give them the business. I know it's a big line. I know home underdog is winning 66%. All the statistics say I'm wrong, but I cannot get past in my mind how Washington is going to cover this, let alone beat Philadelphia at home. I'm taking Philadelphia. They can run the ball on anyone. If Jalen Hurst don't throw for 250 and run for 100, I, I, you know, I'd be shocked. So give me Philly, and I'm going to take the under. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah. Um, look, there's no reason to believe that Philly's, Philly's on a roll right now. Um, when I talk about teams that uh, team like when I talk about a team like Detroit, who has you know been kind of under the radar, a lot of people don't, nobody was really talking about them. And if they win a couple of more games, people are going to start talking about them. Well, there's people are talking about Philly right now. Jalen Hurts is playing like an MVP level candidate, can, uh, caliber player. Um, he is taking a step a step up. That defense is taking a step up. That offensive line is is high, you know hailed as one of the best in football. And you know, so to me. There's no reason to believe that Washington is on their level um, and is capable of, uh, of, of, you know, hanging of hanging with them. Um, and I, Philly, Philly is close enough to Washington in terms of distance that you know it's probably going to be a ton of Philly fans there in, in in Washington watching this game too. So it's likely to be kind of a mixed bag in terms of the the fan bases are concerned. There, it's a divisional ra- divisional matchup. So you know these these teams, you know these fans travel. Uh, pretty well. It's just uh, about what two hours down on any five. It's not that far um, yeah. of a drive. So yeah, I think I think Philly Philly here is gonna is gonna take it on this one. Um, Carson once did, didn't play a bad game. He he's played two straight good games in a row, which probably means that he's due for a bad one coming up. Uh, and this is I think I don't know if this is his, is this his first game against Philly against Philly as his uh, former yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, so this is his first game. You know, he's probably going to want to do really well. I think this game stays close early, and Philly gets a win by a touchdown. So I'm going to take Philly, and I will take the over on the game. All right. Go ahead, Ant. Um, it's a question here. Um, Isn't Carson Wentz the only starting quarterback to get a ring and never d- did anything in the Super Bowl for it? No. Well, he got hurt. He was he was the, he was the MVP candidate before he got injured. That would be Trent Green is also one of those guys. Oh, okay. Just one, and, just and, and Phil Simms, the second ring, was won by Jeff Hostetler, I believe. Oh, okay. But, you know, I thought he was the only one by, for some strange reason. I mean, it was just like we, remember it. we remember it because of recency bias and also, like, it basically, he, he really helped Nick um, Nick Foles get paid. Let's put it like that. He made that man a couple million more dollars. Yeah, Nick Foles should name a child after him. year from Nick Foles. Yeah. <laughs> Send him a Christmas card. Every but, year. But anyway, this is supposed to be the football team versus Phil- uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I definitely don't want to um, the take commanders. the football. 
they're the Washington football team. So um, I don't want to take the Washington football team. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Eagles in this one, especially after what Hurts did to me in, um, last week in um, fantasy. I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to go with that route. And, oh, yeah, I, quite another thing I was thinking about Jalen Hurts. Don't he look like a 90s R&B singer? But anyway. <laughs> 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 he's got he's got more rushing touchdowns than any running than all the running money combined. Oh wow! <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to take Philadelphia. Take Philadelphia in the over this one, and I think Hurst can you know be in the, like guy a new addition or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up, we have Kansas City at Indianapolis. I'm surprised this isn't the biggest line of the week. I guess because Indianapolis is at home and they have Jonathan Taylor. Um, Indianapolis is getting five and a half points at home. This is kind of the toughest one to pick for me. I actually, I can't lock this one in, even though normally I would. The over under is 49 and a half. Indy's getting five and a half at home. If this line doesn't get bet up to seven or seven and a half by Sunday, I would, I'd be shocked. I'm taking Kansas City. Um, Indianapolis, their quarterback play has been atrocious. Matt Ryan looks cooked. So he can't throw any outs. He can't throw any deep balls. And I don't even know who's healthy for Indianapolis. Um, it doesn't look good. Maybe Wentz wasn't the problem, but Matt Ryan ain't the answer. So that, that I do know. And Kansas City's just been beating everybody. It's not a guarantee they'll cover, but it seems likely to me that they will. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. It's hard to pick Kansas. City. I think. I think the reason why um, Indianapolis, why this game is a little bit closer than people expect, is you're right. Indianapolis is, is at home. This is their home opener. They the first two games of their season were on the road um, in Houston and then again in Jacksonville. Um, and you know, Jonathan Taylor's there. And I think Michael Pittman is supposed to be coming back. I think he's on his way back. Um, he may be, you know, returning. Um, and you're right, because he they had no receivers last week against Jacksonville. Um yeah. they would they were probably you know bringing guys in off the street and in week two. That's just really that's that's really horrible. The GM needs to be needs to be held accountable in the situation. If you can't if you can't muster up a team of capable receivers in week two, that's that's a really big problem for you from your GM. Yeah. They kept talking about um, how bad the Bears were, and I'm like, what about the Colts though? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and then the fact that you know you have a quarterback who can't who can't run right. He cannot. He's a statue back there, and he's going to get teed off on, which is basically what happened um, in the Jacksonville game. Look, I mean, the fact of the matter is, the last time we watched Indianapolis play, they didn't score a point. So <laughs> if you're telling me that Casey has to just outscore a team by five that didn't score a point last week. Yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Casey should go all out um, you know, to stop Jonathan Taylor and force the ball into Matt into Matt Ryan's hands and force him to beat them through the air, which he won't be able to do. Um and on the other side, Casey will score touchdowns when Indianapolis is kicking field goals. So that's pretty much how 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 I see it playing out. So I'm going to take Casey and I will take the under. And just to reinforce that point, Matt Ryan has one passing touchdown and four interceptions in two games. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, I gotta keep blaming you was blaming the quarterback. How about the coach, man? When this guy's gonna get get the fire up his ass and get fired? <laughs> you know, but anyway, on, they on can that, both that, go. Yeah, they, they both can go. Yeah, they they can, you know, just suck and you know, draft a quarterback next year with a new better coach. But anyway, I'm gonna go with Casey in the under as well. This one, because it's just like a quite a quite a racing car versus, you know, a Toyota. I'm taking the over. I hear what you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's like a Ferrari versus a Honda. It, it's, it's yeah, I didn't want to go that far, but you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, I, so so might as well just say yeah, Casey can actually put up the forty nine points himself. But you know, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm hoping that maybe that, you know, I think I'm guessing that this might actually happen. They might have a, a little bit of mercy on these guys at the end, you know, and quite stay a little bit underneath this. So I'm just going to take the under and they should have passed. Yeah. Indianapolis also cut their kicker after week one. So like of all the teams in the NFL, like they are down they, bad, bad. They need to cut their GM. He might. I've never seen a GM get fired midseason, but I guess yeah. Mike Mayock had that happen to him, right? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he got well. Yeah, that's right. He got fired right along with him. He was like, "I didn't send any emails." Yeah, they were a package deal. Yeah, that's basically wow. what they told him. But Mike Mayer, because like I was just on TV, he decided he just asked me to come. So I'm like, Fuck "Gotta it. go, gotta <laughs> go." Right, well, you, you come in together, you leave together. Yeah, Houston at Chicago. The next game up, I'm gonna go real quick. Chicago is hosting a team that is one o one and one. They are gonna end up o two and one because Chicago is gonna win this game. Chicago was going to win, I believe, eight games is what I projected this season. They have to win this game. I still think that's going to hold true. It's eight, seven or eight games, to be completely honest. If Justin Fields don't shine in this game, um, we got a problem. I understand he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. Uh, Cole Komet has not had a pass thrown to him, except in that one rainy game. So if you put him as your TN, tight end number one, uh, be mad at the fantasy football people. Be mad at Matthew Berry, not me. Ain't got nothing to do with me. Uh, I don't know who's calling these plays. Luke Getzi is doing a so-so job with the offense, but if they can't win this the way David Montgomery was running last week, I don't know what's going on. Fields is healthy. He's going to improve the more he plays. It's only three points. If you can't win by three at home against Houston, just pack it in. We're going to win two games. That's what I'll put it at. Over under 40 and a half. I'll put this as an under. 17-10 Bears. Go ahead, Malik. This is this is the toughest game for me. It really is the toughest game for me. Um, oh, and this is this this is my second lock of the week. Okay, my second lock was gonna is KC. By the way, so okay. uh, I'm locking in KC. Um, this was the toughest game to me to pick, um, and it's not because I don't you know believe that I believe the Chicago to be the better team, and that's why I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> but I feel like this game is lit. I think I feel like this game is a push. Like to me, the I feel like this game is like 24 like 21 one um, or 17 14 on, on a last minute field goal or something like that. And it's a push, and then the push goes to Houston. Like I have I want no parts of this game in terms of like betting it. Yeah. Um I think you're right. I think Justin Fields is the best player on the field, but I also think this is an Lovey Smith is this is Lovey Smith's revenge game. You know, come back to come back to Chicago and get himself in a revenge game against the Bears. I just, I, I just feel, and I, and I don't feel confident about like, even though Justin Fields is a great, is, is a good player, and I think he's, mm-hmm. you know, on his way to being good, he's got nobody to throw to, Ace. Yes. Like Darnell Mooney is fast, but we can't, I can't get him the ball down the field because. And the defense no, is hurt no, too. It's not a good sign. They ain't got no, they ain't got no offensive line to protect Justin Fields long enough to get the ball down the field to Darnell Mooney. So he's running for his life. You're like, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like I just can't see what Houston does to impact Chicago to the point that they lose this game. So I think Chicago wins. I don't want to bet this game. I don't want to watch this game. I know you I know, I know you're you're probably going to watch but I'm not interested in anything about this game. I won't watch the replay. I hope it's good. I hope it's a good game for your sake. Um and for the sake of the folks in Chicago. I'm going to take Chicago. 30 to 10. I'm taking Chicago in the under, but I just feel so this this game feels so icky. I don't think this game will ever feel good. At all, at any point in the season, this game is going to be like, Ugh, I don't want to watch this one. <laughs> all right, Aaron, go ahead. The fact that you said this game is going to be so icky. 
All right, I will surprise everyone here. I'm taking Chicago. <laughs> I'm taking Chicago to over this one. I think this is going to be just and the, the over. He's going yes. to be a barn burner, huh? They're going to get yeah. a whole 42 points. <laughs> I, I, I want to I say this. This is going to be Justice Fields' um, coming out party. This is going to be his coming out party. I don't trust Houston. I don't trust a team that that, that ends a game that is, in that is tied. Especially with a – who's that bum-ass team? You know, that was wearing blue and white that he had a face of side. Yeah, that bum ass team. You know, how are you going to be tired with that? Come on now. <laughs> Definitely take Chicago. Take it on. This is going to be my second lock of the week, and I'm taking it over. This, this just feels going to blow them out the water. Going to blow them out the league. I mean, Houston right. Houston played Denver tough, too, right? Houston Houston actually played Denver pretty tough. They only lost, they lost by defense seven. defense is good. They got Jerry Hughes, and they got Christian Kirksey. Right. Yeah. They had good but, but see, see, the thing is that with Denver, I would I would say, yeah, you know, they played them tough or whatever. But for some reason, Denver hasn't been playing how we how Denver looks on paper. No, I get it. I get it. I'm just saying like Houston, Houston has surprised me to some degree. They've stayed in games with teams that you did not expect them to stay in those games. You but they're a scrappy team, them. but, you know. Yeah. And Lovey Smith is going to be retired after this game. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he gets a season like they did to the last guy, like, hey, it is what it is. Head coaching gig. Um, next up, we got Jacksonville. Jack at Lack. L.A. Chargers are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Chargers are given three and a half, which seems way too close until you understand that Justin Herbert is kind of touch and go, but they do expect him to play. I don't know who the backup is. The over-under is 47 and a half. Chase Daniel is Ooh. the backup. Yeah, but it's Jacksonville though. And you know, funny when you hear these quarterback rush. names, Chase Daniel, and who's that other dude from before they were say, saying he was the backup? You hear these guys like they still in the league and and Andy Dalton and stuff Andy like that. Dalton. Like what? <laughs> when I think of when I think of Chase Daniel and like Andy Dalton, I think of Case Keenum because he was the quarterback before they got Kirk Cousins, and he won a playoff game. So that's why I'm saying he was the guy who won that playoff game in a miracle. That was Chase Daniel, not Kirk Cousins. That was Chase Daniel and Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Wow, I know that's how long ago that was. So that many moons said, ago, I'm taking I'm taking the Chargers. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars clearly have a, a much better team this year, being as they've already won a game out of their first two. They have a competent coach. They're going in the right direction, but I just don't see them winning this game. If he can get on the field, if he being Herbert can get on the field, they should win this game easy. Um, I'm going to lock this one as my second lock of the week. Give me the Chargers. Go ahead, Ann. Have anybody actually seen Jaguars actually play? I've, mm -hmm. I saw half of their game last week. I don't know. Every time I try to see one of the games, for some strange reason, something else comes up. But anyway, I got to I got to I got to focus on watching one of their games or whatever. For some reason, I just think they they are like an afterthought. It seems like they like a, a little league team or something like that to me, personally. I got to actually see their game. You better hope they don't play the Jets and then beat the doors off, y'all. Oh, uh, that's not going to happen. But uh, anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the actual team that's not Jacksonville, and I'm taking them in the under. You're taking Jacksonville or Houston? No, I said the team that's not Jacksonville. <laughs> that's that's very clear. Go ahead, thank you. Go ahead, Malik. Um, I'm wary on the Justin Herbert thing. Um, he looked really he looked like he was really hurt in that game against KC. Um, at the end of last week. Granted, he's had you know ample time to to recover, and hopefully he's hopefully he's back and fully healthy. And if he was fully healthy, I think this line this line was around seven earlier in the week when you know all signs pointed to him being able to play. So you know you figure it came down four and a half points simply because of the 
the uncertain nature of his injury. So, um, and we saw Jacksonville play last week. Jacksonville, you know, it, it may, maybe it's just an Indianapolis thing. They're just really good against the Colts, um, but they're not great against anybody else. That could be the case here. I wouldn't be surprised. They're um, number one in this division, correct? Mm, yes. Yes, because the AFC South. Yes, in the AFC South. They're, they're, they're first yeah. place right now in the division because Tennessee's 0 and 2. And then um, the other two teams are 0 1 and 1, actually. They're the only team in the division that has a win yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's this one it makes it difficult because of because of the Herbert injury. I'm gonna take the Chargers, but I don't feel good about it. If Herbert it, to me, guys, if um listeners, if um, Herbert is playing, if Herbert's not playing, fade this game entirely. On, on this note, um I like to change my own um, thing here. Um from looking no at this, I don't I don't know if y'all can see this or not, or if it looks backwards or whatever. They're I saying something about Herbert looking on the wrong side of questionable over here. So um I'm gonna yeah. go with Jacksonville on this one in the under. Yeah, that's why I said like I I I reserve my right to change this if Herbert doesn't play. Um because I, I I think Jacksonville is able to cover that three and a half if Herbert doesn't play. But if he does play, then I feel good about this three and a half if it stays there. If if Chase Daniels plays, they beat him, they beat him 15 to 6, all field goals. <laughs> Anyway, switch switch minds to Jacksonville and the under in this one. For some strange reason, I I quite looking at that kind of scary there. So yeah, what I would do is I would definitely hammer the shit out of this under. If it's still going to be forty seven and a half, that's what I would definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Let me yeah. see if that's changed. I just want to make sure that, that hasn't changed. Uh, this is what I see on NBC Sports. Actually, no, it, is, it has changed forty two and a half. Actually, it's gone down five points. Still, even still. Yeah, still. hammer that under. Hammer the under. This game could be like it could be like I said it could be fifteen six it'd be seventeen nine like it could be no point score because there's no guarantee that Jacksonville is going to get it going against Chargers defense which is actually improved they got a good pass rush they got good linebackers they got Derwin James back there and they got good corners like it's not like you know Herbert's I mean without Herbert they can't score but it's not like uh what's his name uh not Travis Etienne his teammate. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be going off on them, and he's expected to just have a golden arm and just score a ton of points. They scored 20 points on a bad Indianapolis, 24 points on a bad Indianapolis team last week. I don't see Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the golden boy. Well, he'll have to prove it to me this week. Um, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Chargers. Did you pick Malik? Yeah, I took the Chargers. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going Jacksonville, I guess. Yeah, yeah but I, I reserve I, my right to change my pick if Herbert is in fact no, out. No, it's already recorded. You're stuck. Um, <laughs> we got next up the LA Rams, the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are home dogs getting three and a half. The over under on this is 50 and a half. Um, the Cardinals keep having to play cardiac kids and come back every single week, try to win. I do not think they'll be able to do that against the Rams. Um, I can't believe AJ Green actually caught that pass. And that meme, I saw him running around like a toddler was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I'm taking the Rams. I think they're just a better team. Um, I know they're on the road. I know this is a very tough game. It's a divisional game. I don't believe in their coach. Um, they're terrible on defense. The, the Rams can score, as they proved last week. The only team that shut them down was the Bills. And I think it's either going to be the Rams, Philadelphia, or Tampa Bay in that AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game. They could go back to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they'll win, but they could easily be back there. I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the under uh, fourth block of the league. Go ahead, Ant. 
Yeah, give me the Rams as well. Take taking the over. That fifty point five is definitely can is definitely doable by both teams. Definitely go with that. Give me the Rams and the over in this one. And that mean was awesome. All right. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, we're sweeping it here. Uh Rams and the over as well. Um I'm taking the under, by the way. Oh, so you're taking the under. I apologize. Yeah. Um, Rams. I'm taking Rams and the matter of fact, I'm sorry, I'm taking the under as well. I'm taking Rams and the under. Um the main question mark here is James Conner. Um, what is he going to be? Uh, he looks like he's you know, he's questionable for the game. He was injured uh, in the game against Las Vegas a week ago. Um, and Vegas didn't, to me, Vegas, the, the main thing about Vegas was, you know, they didn't, they couldn't prepare for Kyle, for Kyler Murray. They know they don't, they've never played him before. You know, it was kind of like with Detroit trying to prepare for, Jalen Hurts um, in in week one. You know, you, it's hard to prepare for a quarterback like that, especially if you never see him. Well, the Rams see Kyler Murray two times a year and have seen him two times a year for the last two or three years. They know exactly what he's bringing. They know how to prepare for him. They know how to prepare for what he does. And he hasn't had great games against them um, over the course of his his career, even though they did win against the Rams last year. Um, so I'm going to take the Rams and I'm taking the under. Uh, I feel like this game gets to a, a you know a happy spot for the Rams to just you know play the keep away game with you know Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, and, and and the running backs that they have on that squad, and they you know score enough points to just keep Arizona at bay. So I'm going to take Rams and the under. Well, don't even put Cam Akers in that running game. He don't deserve his name there. I'm glad I traded him. <laughs> He's so healthy. Glad I traded him. He's healthy. Him. He's playing. So look, he needs to be out there getting getting some getting some carries. I, I mean, I, I, I say that week, this whole year. I say that as a Daryl Henderson, you know, manager in fantasy, but uh, <laughs> I just feel like Cam Makers is letting down so many people because people, a lot of people thought that he was better than that. If you yeah, can trade Cam Makers for a tight end or a wide receiver that's going to start every week, go ahead and make that move. I, I was trying it. to trade Cam Makers for a kicker, so I didn't... <laughs> and it's worked out well for me. Um, Green Bay at Tampa Bay, Battle of the Bays, back again. Tampa is minus one. The over-under is very low at 41. Tampa is going to win this game. Um, they have a very good secondary. They have a very good linebacking core. They can drop back in the zone. They can rush Aaron Rodgers. They can stop the run. Tampa is having a tough time on offense. If Julio Jones is healthy with his knee, it's still a little bit shaky. He's taking over that Gronkowski role. They're going to need him. They don't have Mike Evans. They do have Leonard Fournette. They're going to be able to run on Green Bay because the Chicago run on him. Tampa can run on him. I'm going to take Tampa, and this is my last lock of the week. Go ahead, Malik. You're taking Tampa, and you're locking it in. This is going to mm-hmm. be, be a war of the locks. I'm going to lock in Green Bay here. Um, wow. I think Tampa is a very good team. I think Green Bay is a very good team. And I think Green Bay, anytime you give Green Bay, a, you know, even, you know, just giving them a point here, um, I feel like that the reality of the situation is if giving giving Green Bay a point here means that Green Bay is probably better team on a neutral field is Green Bay must it's Green Bay minus two. Right. So um that's that's how Vegas is playing this one out. Aaron Rodgers is playing better than Tom Brady at this point, um, to this to this point in the season. I think Tom Brady's dealing with some injuries, um, you know, some some injury issues. You mean because he's forty five years old? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, exactly. And then some consistency issues with the receivers. Um, maybe that that might just come from the fact that he hasn't been able been able to play with them uh, as often as he's like. You're missing Julio Jones, or Julio Jones is at least injured. Chris Godwin is not playing, and Mike Evans is not playing. They just called off Cole Beasley off the street to come to come and be on the practice squad, and I think they might elevate him to the to the game 
by the time by Sunday comes. I don't know who he's throwing the ball to. Cameron Brait, you know, Leonard Fournette, you know, like that's pretty. I think Leonard Fournette is probably going to be his highest targeted receiver in, Brake, on yeah. Sunday's game. Scotty, um, Scotty uh, Miller. I think Cameron Brait's going to be his highest. I mean, sorry, Leonard Fournette's going to be his highest targeted receiver on Sunday's game. Um, and so for that reason and that reason alone, I'm taking Green Bay and I'm locking them in um, this week. I think they'll I think they'll take this. I don't think that this this is an indictment on Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay long term is probably going to be the better team. It's probably going to end up, you know, in a better position than Green Bay. But I think this week with this game, with all of the people that are out for Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good defensive matchup. I'm taking the under, but I'm going to take Green Bay to win it out. All right. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay too in the under. And this one, just by all the stuff that Malik's been saying right there, I don't think um, Tampa Bay actually has the weapons to actually pull this out. Tom Brady, you know, he, he's having a little wifey issues, you know, <laughs> that's fucking with his head. You know, he should have just listened. He should have just listened to his manly instincts and stayed home and stayed retired. But anyway, I'm going to take Green Bay and taking Green Bay in the under this one. Next all one. Right. Next game. We have three more games Atlanta at Seattle. I don't think anyone's going to be watching. This is my line too. Atlanta or really? Oh, it's locked. He's locking in Green Bay. Um, I feel even better about my pick now. Um, it's Atlanta at Seattle. <laughs> um, for everybody down in Georgia, just watch the UGA game. You know they're going to win. They probably won't win this one. Atlanta, the Falcons. Um, I'm taking Seattle. They're getting a point at home. The over under is 42. I'm take the under. Geno Smith seems to be the better quarterback with him and Mariota, which is kind of crazy to say, but um. Yeah, Seattle's a more consistent team. They have a little bit better defense. Atlanta's been up and down. Give me Seattle. It's kind of an easy one. Go ahead, Malik. Geno Smith. Oh. Yeah, Dan. I'm sorry. You're the Geno Smith expert. It's true. Oh, no. You, you... Go ahead. I'll go with um, Geno... Didn't Geno Smith fell down to... back to earth last week? That... He just played normal. He didn't, he, he he didn't throw okay. a bunch of picks. Like, the yeah, defense he played was okay, hey, actually. I mean, I kind of like, like how Geno Smith renaissance here, but you know, the one thing about Atlanta is that they, for some reason, they're not going to um, they tight end. I don't know what's happening here. It seems like the offense is going through the rookie, the rookie wide receiver, and they haven't been winning. They just haven't been winning. Maybe, they, you know, they might actually pick it up this week and actually change things around since, you know, the coach got called out basically in the game conferences and stuff like that. I don't like how this, um, this 42 points, I don't think the team can pull up 42 points combined. So, but I'm going to still take Atlanta this one. Maybe Seattle might pull it out at the end, but I'm going to take Atlanta and the under this one. You know what it is with Geno? He had a pick and he had no touchdowns last week, but he had the same amount of yards. His completion percentage was 80%, which is wild. So they're still keeping it short and intermediate. And uh, they got the better receivers. They got, um, you know, they still got Lockett. They still got Metcalf. So what am I, I, what am I want to give it to Atlanta the young. For? I just want to give it to the young guns and hopefully, you know, they might pull it off. I'm talking about the – and when I say young guns, I'm talking about the rookie wide receiver they have in a tight end. I got you. I got you. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I'm, I'm blaming Seattle's Seattle's slow start on Pete Carroll. I'm, I'm blaming the fact that they can't score on Pete Carroll and his, you know, his grandpa shoes that he's, that he's wearing on those sidelines because <laughs> the guy – the guy is just – he's just archaic. He's ancient. He's 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 running the ball on, you know, second and eight. He's coaching the league. You know, he's 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 you know screen pass on third and seventeen. Like that's what he does, right? <laughs> like like that's 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 the type of coach that Pete Carroll is. Um, I just don't see any ingenuity, anything exciting coming from Seattle at this point. And you know, the fact that they 
one uh, really hotly contested game against the Denver Broncos and like that really, really emotional game in week one. Mm-hmm. I think that's the highlight of their entire season. I don't think that this team is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think they can score. And Atlanta has shown at the very least that they can score. They can score some points. Um, Mariota's yeah. Mariota's you know leading his offense, and he's got he's working well with Drake London. He's working. He's not working well with Kyle Pitts, and I think this is a squeaky wheel game for Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is going to have a game at some point in time this season, and this is an opportunity, a good opportunity for him to do it. So I'm going to take it. Atlanta. I like the one point. This is basically a pick 'em. Um, so I think Atlanta can win outright and and, and square their record, square their record away, and get both of these teams to a one and two. So I'm taking Atlanta, and I'll take the under. All right. Next up, we got San Francisco at Denver. Denver's getting uh, is laying one and a half. The, wait, Denver is getting one and a half points at home. The over under is forty five and a half. I'm taking the under. This is George Kittle's first game back, which lets me know that injury was kind of serious. Although he's playing, so they should be much better on offense. They got him. They got Debo. Still don't have a running game outside of that. And they lost whatever quarterback mobility they have because Jimmy G is playing. Um, I'm taking Denver. They're at home. They're at mile high. They won last week at home. They should win again at home. Give me Denver and Malik. Go ahead. Um, I want San Francisco here. I like San Francisco with Jimmy uh-huh. G. Um, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy G is is a is an accomplished quarterback that can show has shown that he can win in this offense. Wins are not he a QB stat. It, it's not, but he's shown that he can win. And but wins is a betting stat. Wins is definitely a betting stat. And that's what we're betting on. Wins here. I'm going to pick San Francisco. I think that they can win this game outright. Um, Denver hasn't shown me anything to, you know, feel feel really confident. And I think that this is a, you know, I hope, I hope that I'm wrong because, you know, I do like Russell Wilson. I think that, you know, I hope that he's able to kind of come out of here and show that he's still, still got the goods and still can, still can, you know, make some, make some plays for his team and, Nathaniel Hackett can show that he's not, you know, a mistake as a head coach. Um, so I don't want, um, I don't, you know, I don't want to be right here, but I think San Francisco is in a good spot. You know, um, I think they're, they're, they're a running team that, you know, is not going to make, you know, Jimmy G is not going to make a lot of those, the, 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 you know, rookie level mistakes that Trey Lance was making early on and early on in the games. He's going to put the team in a position to win every, every week. And until Denver shows that they can actually score at a high clip, this game stays close. And if this game stays close, and I think San Francisco can pull it out. So I'm going to take San Francisco, and I'm going to take the under. All right, go ahead, Ant. Yeah, um, this game's going to be my my own fourth lock. I think it's my fourth lock. But anyway, I'm taking San Francisco and the over in this one. The reason why is Hackett, in my opinion, can't hack it until he actually does something. Coach, coach, um, coach, you know, to actually show that he can actually coach in this league at this level as a head coach. After that game that he decided to field goal, you know, put, um, kick the field goal instead of putting the, the ball in the hands of Russell Wilson, I'm still not going to forget that. It's still going to stuck in my head. And you have Jimmy G on the other side, who as soon as you plug him in, all of a sudden San Francisco becomes a way better team, even in other court, court these um, talking heads on um, top five or top tens or whatever like that. You know, all of a sudden San Francisco jumps up like that. Definitely give me San Francisco in this one. I'm taking the over in this one. I can see a lot of points scored in this one, but at the end, San Francisco is going to win this. All right. Next up, we got Dallas at the New York football Giants on Monday Night Football. The Giants are getting are giving one point at home to Dallas. I am picking the Rush, as in Cooper Rush. 
The over-under is the lowest of the week. It is 39 and a half. They do not expect much. Um, expect them to have to lean on Saquon very, very heavily. Uh, Dallas has a good defense. They will rush with Michael Parsons. They'll rush him from the left, inside, and the right side. Trayvon Diggs expect him to have a couple picks against uh, Danny Dimes here. I believe he will make more mistakes than Cooper Rush will. They're going to play a conservative offense like they did last week. Dallas is going to get to two to one, two and one. And the Giants are going to be one and two. Oh, I'm sorry. The Giants are both they're both be tied at two and one because the Giants are undefeated. That's their first two games, which is kind of wild. Um, unless Saquon can have an amazing game and run for 200 yards and just carry them through, I don't see how they win this game. The Giants' defense is good but not great, and Dallas has a better defense, so that's what I'm betting on, and that's going to travel. Give me Dallas and the under somehow on this one. Go ahead, Ant. How can this game be a Monday night primetime game? I think they're only doing this because Eli's and Clay and Payton. Payton, 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 Payton. It's the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, because they wasn't thinking about Cooper Rush versus Danny Dimes, two trashy-ass quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to pick this game. I don't even know. Right. I'm going. I'm going to look for another game to pick my my next lock. My last I'll give you lock. The Giants. Hmm. <laughs> I'll what? give you the Giants. Let me just let me just look for a coin so I can just flip it in the air. Because <laughs> I don't know these 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 teams just suck. But anyway, <laughs> I want to pick like a true Jet fan. I just don't want to pick. They just trash. But anyway, um, I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. I'm going to take the Giants and. Give me the over in this one because both these are this is an NFC te- NFC East team. They like to score a lot, so I'm gonna, especially when they play against each other. Give me the Giants and the over in this one. You're gonna see a lot of scoring, and I'm gonna be. Gl- I'm glad I'm watching Eli and Peyton Manning um broadcast instead of the regular broadcast because this I don't want to hear those guys talk about these guys all day. You mean you don't want to hear Aikman blow his old team over? No, nah, I don't. No, nah, I don't want to hear that. No, I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear um Peyton Manning, you know, quite smoke. Make, make Eli feel a little bit better that you know that he, quite that he used to be a giant. But anyway, I'm going to go with the Giants in the over this one, and this is going to be my last my last lock. Unfortunately, go ahead, Malik. <laughs> oh man, I I agree with most of what you said, Anthony. It's probably I'm probably it's probably going to be the first Monday night game of the season that I don't watch in its entirety. Um. And and I hate to say that because I but you know the funny thing is I actually do want to I haven't seen so I watched a little bit of the Giants game uh, last week against Carolina, mm-hmm. um, the game that they won, and I watched a good amount of the Tennessee game um, when they came back. I don't know what to make of the Giants yet. Like I just don't know what to make of them. Are they just a scrappy team that's you know can. You know, figure out how to win in in tough you know, tough close matchups. Are they kind of explosive and it just comes in spurts? You know, or like what what can what what can you make of the Giants? I know the Cowboys are just just banged up and they're hurt in in so many areas in so many ways. I'm just taking Saquon over Zeke. I think that's the piece that's the piece that I'm I'm thinking of. I'm just taking Saquon Barkley mm. and what he's capable of doing in his offense over. The rushing game of Dallas and what they're going to be capable of doing um, with Cooper Rush and you know Zeke and and Tony Pollard and and the backs over there. Um, Dallas is still banged up on the offensive line. The receivers, 
Um, CD Lamb is, is still a name. Um, it's probably still a name just because he's a Dallas Cowboy. Honestly, I, I, I don't think he's a disappointment in fantasy. Not a name in production at all. You know, yes. um, should have held on to Amari, Amari they, Cooper, but Amari Cooper just showed you know Jacoby Brissett that he's yeah. Amari, Amari Cooper just showed Jacoby Brissett that you know pretty much he's he's the guy um, that Dallas should have held on to. Michael Gallup. Is supposed to be back, and so maybe that'll maybe that'll mean something good, good oh, for for Russian the squad. But I, I just I don't know, man. I just don't feel like Dallas is is any good. So I'm gonna take the Giants here. Don't um, Michael Gallup sound like he comes out of retirement home or something like that? <laughs> just the name. <laughs> like he hasn't played in a long time, and it's probably why you why you think of that. Um, well, with the Cowboys, yeah. Gallup. So I'm gonna take the Giants, um, but I'm probably gonna have to like I probably won't know how, what the outcome of this game is until I wake up on Tuesday morning because I'm not watching it. I'll be in tears as I bet this game. Like, I don't even want to bet it. This is like my money is crying. Like, please don't bet me on this crap. Yeah, this is a game you kind of want to sit out unless you are really got a hole burning in your pocket in New York and you're on the maps. Um, you could bet individual passes, whether or not they're completed or not now. So if you're really that degenerate, uh, you know, go ahead and knock yourself out on the DraftKings app. I know they're doing that. Wins and losses on the season. I'm 11 and 20. Anthony and Malik are tied at 12 and 19. I expect to catch them. And blow past them this week with my uh, 15, 15 and one record this week. I expect to win every single game I've picked. Yeah, good I luck on that five one. Five and five of my best bets. And it's four and six. Malik is three and seven. So if you want to win your best bets, take one of mine, take two of mine, take one of Ants, take one of Malik's, and hopefully you'll have a four game parlay. Yeah, then you're only going to win two because, you know, if you pick all the aces, then, you know, you're going to be shit out of luck. <laughs> hey, with me, you're 50 50. So it's still a good shot. For my college picks this week, I just got four games. SMU, plus two, hosting uh, TCU, big rivalry game, the Iron Skillet. Boise State, getting 16 and a half at home. They're going to beat the brakes off them. Texas is hosting Texas Tech. They're going to kill them. I think they got a win by seven. And Notre Dame is uh, minus five and a half or four and a half. Cannot remember who they're playing. But the fact that I can't even remember who they're playing, I'm still taking Notre Dame. So SMU, Boise State, Texas, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame finally bounced back last week, so I'm hoping they can finish up the season well and Marcus Freeman don't get fired or get on the hot seat in his first out. And now we're going to our shout-outs. And I have a special shout-out to my man, Brett Favre. A couple of stats I want to point out from Brett Favre that I've pulled from the internet and from other things that I've listened to. Brett Favre has the same interception percentage as Jameis Winston. 3.3% 3.3% of his passes that he's ever thrown have gotten intercepted in 302 games. Uh, Brett Favre has 28 fourth quarter comebacks. You know who has 29 fourth quarter comebacks? Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. Yeah. You heard that correctly. Vinny Testaverde. The man's not clutch. He won the Super Bowl because of special teams and defense. Reggie White, you heard of him, Minister of Defense, Hall of Famer. And he also, wasn't the, he wasn't the MVP of his Super Bowl. No, you know who the MVP Desmond of the Super Howard. Bowl was? Desmond Howard, who ran yeah, back yeah. a kick and a punt. Yeah. Yeah. So what did Brett Favre do? Exactly. Not much. He just had to not turn over the ball, which, let's get to his turnovers, because I have some more numbers on those. <laughs> he has 335 interceptions on his career and 166 fumbles. And who I don't even know if he lost all those fumbles. And guess how many games he played? 302 games. He played 302 games, and he has 335 interceptions and 166 fumbles. That's 502 possible turnovers. And yet this guy is in the Hall of Fame. 
aside from stealing money from poor people, uh, he <laughs> has, we get to that he's one? thrown 59 more interceptions than George Blanda. And if you're an old school person who knows history of the NFL, George Blanda played quarterback and he didn't retire until he was 48 because he switched over to kicker. And he has 50 more, inter- 59 more interceptions than that guy. He had six seasons where he had as many picks as he did touchdowns. It's not more picks than he threw touchdowns. And he has the same career passer rating as the great Trent Green, who I previously mentioned in this podcast. I don't know why he's in the Hall of Fame. I think it's because people like him. I don't know why. Uh, he got that so woman fired from the Jets after sexually harassing her. Oh, I'm selling those raggedy ass Wrangler jeans. And if you're a Jets <laughs> fan, you know, you, you definitely didn't have a farm jersey unless she was a firefighter from Staten Island and you were just happy they got a white dude at quarterback finally. <laughs> okay. Uh, he is mediocre. He's the white Jameis Winston. Uh, I don't understand why people like this guy. No, I, I, I take that back. I take that back. Jameis Winston's better than him so far in his career, or at least the same. Uh, he's not clutch. The comeback thing with Testaverde is insane. When I when I saw that, I was just like, this is this is nuts. He is the definition of the Peter Principle, which if you don't know what that means, it means you rise to the level of your incompetence, which he had been in his life. He managed to make $100 million playing football. He's that gunslinger mentality, and he, I get why they call him a gunslinger, because he only occasionally ever hits his target. And with that being said, I am passing the mic on to Anthony for his. Damn, I got a follow-up on this? Okay. Anyway, I'm just gonna do a little easy shout out because you know that's just gonna be whatever. No, no, that's just good. That's just like you know that's just like a nuclear bomb going off. But anyway, I'm just gonna go shout out to George Kittle for you know welcome to 2022. You know you're gonna actually be in my fantasy lineup maybe this week, and shout out to Robert Sala you know for you know collecting those tickets. That's all I'm just gonna go because you know Ace just went off there, and you know I can't follow up on that one. I'm just gonna pass it my goal. His best case scenario, his best case scenario <laughs> for Brett Favre, you know who he is? He's a better version of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has less picks than him. We're we're talking about this dude like he's he's a compiler. He is the he is the Jason Winton of quarterbacks. Okay? He's the Jason Winton, Ricky Waters of quarterbacks and running backs. That is who he is. He's just the guy who hung around long enough to get a bunch of touchdowns and a bunch of yards. And I'm glad he will be forgotten and remembered as he is right now, as a thief. Well, on that note, I'm just going to do my last Jet shout-outs and shout-out to Joe Flacco and, and um, Garrett Wilson. I'm out. You, you can have the microphone, Malik. It's over. Ace just dropped the mic. I know, man. He really did. Um, <laughs> shout-outs to um, Aaron Judge uh, going for the 61, going for to, to uh tie and then pass Roger Maris the 61 home run record. I'm watching the game right now. It's 4-4. It's 4-4 tie with the Red Sox. I would love nothing better than him for him to do this against the Red Sox, against Boston, which is which is uh which would be fantastic. Um do this against Boston. It lives in it lives on in infamy and uh and that would be fan that would be that would be great. Speaking of Boston, shout out to Ime Udoka for tearing down the Boston Celtics. Because I don't care what happens, the Celtics ain't winning the championship now because of the situation. Um, they got a whole, they got a whole new new coach, whatever, whatever, whatever. Ime Udoka did in that office, he took down the, and I, I believe that he he took he took down some wives, and I think he's ta- and he's taken down the Celtics. 
this is awesome. I'm perfectly fine with this. Shout out to Ime Yudoka for for uh, for doing what he does and tearing and tearing down the Celtics because they ain't winning the championship this year. Thank you very much. Shout out to Roger Federer. Um, you know we don't talk about tennis on this podcast, but I am a huge tennis fan. I like watching tennis, and I've watched Federer over the years. Um, great player. Um, I was hoping that him and Nadal would, you know, have that you know, that final match, and then they would both retire um, at the same time because I think that they've had like a great, you know, careers you know, in parallel with one another facing each other. Um, so I think that's going to be just a, an awesome match. I believe that they're going to play. Yeah, they're going to play a final match together. I think it's in the French. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, they're going to get another match against each other to close everything out. Shout out to shout out to Federer for a great career in tennis. Um, and then my final shout out is um, is to you, Ace, for mm. your Brett Favre take. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think that there was a that there was a way that you know Brett Favre could could uh, could could make sense. Who could you know people could pay attention to Brett Favre stats, but they did because of you. Um, you yeah. paid attention to them, so you know what? I don't think the world cares about Brett Favre. I don't think the world should care about Brett Favre, and but you care. So I'm giving oh, a shout I, out to I, you I for caring about Brett Favre enough to talk about him today. He stole because... $8 million from welfare recipients of federal money in the poorest state in the country. Fuck that guy. <laughs> just to let our viewers know, I'm just sitting in the background like that Michael Jackson meme, just eating popcorn right now, just watching this go on. I, I hated Brett Favre when he played. I didn't like him. Like to me, Brett Favre is Brett Favre is Kurt Schilling. Um, that's 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 my that's my equivalent. If he continues yeah. to lose for yeah. the rest of his life, I'm perfectly fine with it. And that's the same way I feel about Kurt Schilling. So if Brett Favre keeps losing, I'm I'm happy. Let's 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 ride. Oh, la- that was a shout out. Shout out to the NBA athletes for going in on Robert Sarver and making him and, and getting him to sell this to sell the team. He's yeah. selling the Suns and the Mercury. Um, probably nobody black is going to be able to buy the team, but hopefully somebody black does buy the team. No. Um, that would be cool to have another black owner in the NBA. That would be absolutely awesome. Um, so hopefully that happens. But shout out to the NBA players who lobbied and you know said what they needed to say and did what they needed to do to get Robert Sarver to you know finally lament and, and offer to sell the team. Um, and I'm- so. I believe one of the people that that brother, what's his name? I want to say Robert, not um the guy who owned BET, but Robert something else. Um, he he paid everybody's student loans off it. He paid everybody's student loans off at uh, Morehouse in 2019 or 2018. He oh, put in a bid for the Denver Broncos. He might also buy the uh, Phoenix Suns, and I hope he does because he'll be a more competent owner. And the Phoenix Mercury deserve a better owner. Maybe he'll be able to help Brittany Garner get back. But who knows? Shout out to her. I hope hey. she's doing well. They do. Yeah, I hope she's doing well as well. Shout out to W. Shout out to WNBA players who who um because they are now going. Remember, they're going now. This is their off season, so this is the time for them to actually go overseas and make. They make a lot more money overseas apparently playing Euroball yeah. um in their in their off season than they do actually during the WNBA season. Uh, and and they have all collectively refused to go play in Russia. They are not playing in Russia this year. Um, because of this whole situation with Brittany Griner, which, you know, to to their detriment, you know, financially, because Russia, the teams in Russia pay really, really well, um, but they're not going in protest of the Brittany Griner situation. So shout out to them for, you know, taking a stand and making a statement. Yeah. All right. And on that note, we are out. Um, follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addicts, and wherever you get your podcast needs. I'm going to go have some dinner. 
And peace. I don't think everybody needs to know that, but anyway, peace out.